Hello, it's the FPL Roundup with FPL Governor and FPL Tim. Welcome back for another episode. We're back, uh, but it hasn't been the best couple of game weeks, I think it's fair to say, Tim. How's it been for you? On the contrary, I think it's been brilliant. I think this is the first week that I'm ahead of you in points. Yeah, I think it is. You've actually overtaken me this week after my strong, well, stronger start to the season than you. Um, Yeah, you've finally overtaken me. Really bad defensive performance this game week. Three points from my three defenders. Roman Seiss not even uh, getting a look in, it seems. He's gone out of my team already. And yeah, uh, down to 572,000 in the world. Tim, where are you? Uh, let's have a look. I am 301,000, which is a decent jump for me, uh, 495 points. I scored 80 this week, which uh, obviously I'm thrilled with, well above the average. Uh, I got a clean sweep in defence, Charlie Taylor, Ben Chilwell and James Justin all delivering. And I brought in Thomas Suchek this week, who finally got his goal. Yeah, long overdue, a lot of FPL managers seem to think. And yeah, those those clean sheets, just totting them up quietly in the background makes such a big difference uh, when it comes to your 11 players' points being totted up at the end of the game week. Well, we've got plenty to reflect on, so we better get on with it. It's time for the FPL Roundup. And I think we'll start this week with the most recent game of the game week, Arsenal nil. Aston Villa 3. Quite a shock this one considering how Arsenal have seemed to have done alright under Mikel Arteta so far this season but Villa have just come out of nowhere haven't they? Well you say alright for Arsenal but they've been reasonable defensively but terrible terrible offensively. I think Aubameyang has an expected goals this season of 0.58 in total which is just absolutely dreadful but um Aston Villa definitely have been brilliant, uh, thoroughly deserved the win. Grealish is fantastic and like I've got nothing but positive things to say about him. Yeah, they lost against Southampton 4-3 uh, the week before the most recent game week. So certainly good going forward, but not so good defensively that time. But this time they did manage to get the clean sheet, much to the delight of Mings, Martinez owners, and also Grealish, Watkins and Barkley all returning attack-wise as well. There's plenty of Villa options. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have Grealish already, uh, you need to get him in your team. If you look at Aston Villa's fixtures, it's a sea of green and they're high on confidence right now. They're looking good both defensively and offensively. That's now four clean sheets for Martinez. Uh, One thing that's interesting is that I went for the classic get uh, the cheap goalkeeper in and then get the understudy as well for four million. So I've got Jed Steer in my team on the bench. Uh, which actually now blocks a route to getting Ollie Watkins because I've got three Aston Villa players, uh, which is really disappointing because I really liked the idea of a double-up just because of the fixtures. If you put Watkins in your team, then you can just leave him and uh, he should pick up points. So that's, that's frustrating on my part. Yeah, so you'd be looking at Watkins now, would you, after his um, double-digit haul against Arsenal? Two goals, obviously impressed earlier in the season as well. I think he scored a hat-trick, didn't he, um, in the first game of the season in which he scored? Uh, that was the seven-goal against Liverpool, wasn't it? That crazy result. Um, so yeah, he'd be one that you're looking at. I suppose there's plenty of Villa options, as I was saying. So so which one, alongside Grealish, do you think you'd prioritise? Like, you've got Martinez, Mings, uh, Barkley as well. Well, there's an argument for all of them. It's going to depend on your team. Obviously, if you've got Martinez already, then it makes it very difficult to get another defender. I'd prioritise Grealish and Watkins first, just because of the fixtures for the attacking uh, attacking points, and take your pick out of the defenders. 
Okay, and where does Watkins and where does Grealish rank when it comes to comparing sort of similar priced players? I think they're about at the top. I can't see an argument for not having Grealish and Watkins of the cheap strikers. I'd probably give him the edge over Bamford. Okay, nice. Let's move on. Man City won, Liverpool won. Plenty of FPL assets involved in this game. Although Man City have gone a bit off the radar, haven't they? Since uh, since De Bruyne got a little injury, didn't he? Got got taken out of a lot of teams and uh, sort of managers preferring to go for the, the safer Liverpool options and Salah, Salah and Mane both getting attacking returns in this one. Mane winning the penalty and Salah converting it. Yeah, Man City are a little bit disappointing. They, they've really struggled without a striker and I think just having Jesus back gave them that little bit of extra impetus, allow Sterling to play in his, a, a proper role. He seems to struggle when he plays up front. Um, although in general, Sterling's been very disappointing this season and I think that might be another difference as to why Man City have been struggling for goals. Yeah, Sterling was really impressive last season, wasn't he? Wasn't he? he really caught me certainly and a lot of managers off guard in terms of holding on to Liverpool and other high priced assets over Sterling but not really uh, on our radar so far this season another thing to note De Bruyne missing a penalty didn't just get saved didn't even hit the post he missed the target altogether very disappointing but actually from an FPL perspective I think that's a very good thing because had he scored he would have hauled he would have picked up bonus and of course everyone would just then jump on him to buy and and it wouldn't make sense really because you know it's, there's just two foot between scoring that penalty and, and missing it but it's just the way FPL works as soon as someone scores we all get itchy trigger fingers and, and want to bring them in so from an FPL perspective I think that's good uh, it stops people just buying him in and we can look to potentially buy him in in a couple of weeks when the fixtures get very very good for Man City yeah, a bit of midfield competition now with uh, a few Chelsea assets emerging as well. We'll talk about those um, a bit later on. Um, so in terms of Villa and Arsenal, your must-have pick is Jack Grealish, maybe Ollie Watkins in there as well. If you're looking at Man City and Liverpool, who are your must-haves? Salah, definitely. I've talked in the past about a Liverpool attacking double-up potentially, but actually it's just it's very difficult to find enough moves uh, to... to to get all these setups, uh, I'd still say that Kevin De Bruyne is the main man for Man City. I think he probably will keep penalties. And as I say, Man City fixtures do get very good. I think their attack will improve. And Jesus is another one to watch if you're looking to free up funds. Look for a transfer to transfer out Kane, maybe because Spurs' fixtures do get a bit more difficult. So, if you're looking for a differential, I think he's about one percent owned right now. Um, he always has the stats, doesn't always deliver on them, but there's always that threat that he could he could haul. Um, and Cancelo, also, just a quick mention for him in defense, he does have good creative figures. And again, Man City are always capable of keeping clean sheets. Cancelo is quite kindly priced at 5 4. The only issue is whether he's nailed. He has started a number of games in a row, but Mendy is back in training, so he might pose a threat. Yeah, and just the word on uh, Liverpool defence, not impressing so far this season. And it looks like it's gone from bad to worse. No Virgil van Dijk and now no Trent Alexander-Arnold either. Yeah, I've got very fortunate because I sold them off early and it's, it's actually proved to be quite a good move. It wasn't as... 
I wasn't expecting it to be that savvy, but I've definitely been a bit fortunate because I don't think Liverpool defence has actually been as bad as the results suggest. I think they have been a bit unfortunate and, of course, the injuries don't help the confidence. But saying that, the fact that everyone is selling them off, I think, makes them more more appealing because shortly Liverpool's fixtures get very, very good again. And I think at a point where lots of what most wild cards will have been used as a lot are using them now um very few people will, will actually own a liverpool defender and it might be an opportunity to buy one and uh, it's a bit becomes a bit of a differential which is a strange thing to say yeah who'd have thought we'd be saying liverpool defenders a differential uh, so early in the season as well um leicester top of the premier league uh, one point ahead of the champions Liverpool who we were just talking about Jamie Vardy in this one getting another penalty missing a penalty though his penalty was saved uh, by Rui Patricio uh, a bit of justice being done given that one of the penalties was a, a very generous award Leicester with a 1-0 win in this fixture uh, but I think we better mention the Wolves players because there's been a major change at the back from Nuno Espirito Santo yeah, with Roman Sice uh, warming the bench again and warming my bench in the game. I didn't actually start him this week as I assume that he's lost his place and that seems to be the case. Yeah, it seems he's lost his place. Um, really annoying for me considering all of my bench players were were pretty redundant in the first place. So I've been playing the last couple of weeks with, with 10 or even 9 men. It's been really frustrating. Um, if you're looking for a Sice replacement then, where do you look? Stick with Wolves? Definitely not, in my opinion. I think Wolves have sort of had their initial glory. They're still going to be solid defensively, but they do have a very mixed bag of fixtures. So I think they will struggle to continue with clean sheets. I think it's time to look for greener pastures elsewhere. Uh, I really like Aaron Cresswell, actually. West Ham's fixtures are very decent for a while. He's the same price as Sice. He's 5-1. I think you can keep him for the long term. And a player like Cresswell, you know, he's always going to be putting crosses in. So there's always that chance of getting an assist. I actually think that he is a better option than Masuaku and Kufal if you can afford the extra just for those uh, that potential creativity. Okay, interesting pick. Um, you've got Jimenez in your team, Raul Jimenez. <laughs> What's the situation with him? Well, we said before how Wolves' attack has been relatively dire and actually I feel a bit fortunate that I even got some attacking returns from Jimenez. But it was another toothless performance. He's stinking up my team at a very awkward price and we'll find out later what I'm going to do with him. Yeah, time to get rid, uh, certainly, I think, uh, for FBL Tim and his team. Uh, better mention Leicester then. Jamie Vardy keeping up his goal-scoring run and he's very much one man on your radar at the moment. Definitely, Leicester fixtures get very good as well. Uh, they've got Fulham in game week 10, Sheffield United away, and then Brighton at home. So that's that's a, a decent decent uh, fixture swing coming up for them as well. And they have won eight penalties this season so far, which is absolutely crazy. I think they won seven in total last season. So it just goes to show you the difference this season. Uh, and Jamie Vardy has taken six of those, I believe. Yeah, most of the time it's Tielemans... Uh, filling the gap when Vardy gets substituted, isn't it? Sort of late on in the game when Leicester win a penalty. Any other Leicester assets you might be looking at? Not looking to bring in. I would just a quick mention for James Justin because he has been a bit of a hero in my team. I sort of kept him thinking that Pereira was going to be back soon. But actually it seems that Pereira might not even be back uh, straight away after the international break. So if I can get a few more fixtures out of James Justin, that'd be brilliant because Leicester are also looking decent defensively. 
Nice, yeah, he's reaping dividends, really, reaping the rewards of keeping the faith with James Justin. It seems he's going to be a fixture in the team for a couple of game weeks to come at least. Uh, West Brom nil, Spurs won. We watched this one, didn't we, Tim? We thought it was going to be a nil-nil, but Harry Kane with a late winner, assisted by uh, Doherty, um, throwing it back to his Wolverhampton Wanderers days, getting the assist there. Uh, so Kane with the three bonus and Doherty actually and you were particularly delighted having put in the armband on Spurs number 10 Captain Kane yeah he, he did the business right at the death I wrote a, a, a tweet complaining about captaincy and then moments later Harry Kane scored so the jinx worked yeah but a lot of people owning Son as well I, I had him as captain really frustrating particularly last couple of game weeks I've had the armband on him and he's blanked both weeks yeah disappointing from Son I think in, in situations like this, the reason why I went Kane is just because you always know he's capable of getting a jammy penalty. So it was just the penalty taker that was the difference. No no real skill in it. That was just the thought process behind it. But, um, yeah, a bit fortunate to uh, get the points when a lot of people gave Son the armband. Yeah, do you think Son is one to keep hold of, given he, he was quite explosive, wasn't he, three weeks back? He was a good captain option. I think he got a 11-point Hall uh, a couple of game weeks ago. Do you think he's one to hold on to? Quite expensive for that midfield uh, price bracket. I think you can argue it either way. If you've got if you've got the option, then I would actually like to see people selling, uh, just because I think it's an opportunity to to get ahead. As I say, they've got a couple of tough games. Fernandez is is suddenly looking like an option. Man United fixtures are very good, and also Ziyech, uh, who's taken Chelsea by a storm, who we'll come on to in a minute. So I think there's an argument either way because you know that Son is always capable of hauling. But um, I'll I'll tell you later what my plans are. Okay, I look forward to that. Just a word on Gareth Bale as well. My faith in uh, in the Welshman has finally paid off. I put him in as soon as he joined Tottenham and he just seemed to be restricted to the odd bench appearance. Did look a threat when he came on and finally got his goal the other week, didn't he, when he came off the bench against Brighton. Uh, and he started the game against West Brom, but blanked. Disappointing. Yeah, you were thrilled when he started. Uh, I announced it to you and your face lit up, but unfortunately he couldn't deliver. Yeah, I think it might be time to bail on bail after his disappointing start to his Spurs career. And yeah, as we say, with the wealth of other midfield options out there. Um, well, second start to his Spurs career. Yeah, of course, after rejoining uh, Tottenham Hotspur from Real Madrid after all those years. Um, Tim, you mentioned West Ham, bit of Cresswell, bit of Suchek as well early in the pod. They won by goal to nil against Fulham. Not the most convincing win, considering Fulham have been a bit of whipping boys this season in the, in the Premier League. But Suchek got the goal in this one. Um, so yeah, just any further thoughts on West Ham and Fulham? Um, I know Mitrovic has been in my team recently. He's really disappointed. Um, plenty of other players as well among these teams. Lookman's been on penalties. He missed one in this game. Awful miss late in the game. Could have equalised, but his uh, Penenka-style penalty didn't pay off. Um, any further thoughts? Yeah, well, firstly, I obviously have to mention Suchek. Uh, I was one who didn't start with him in the season just because I thought the fixtures looked difficult. difficult but... 
he has looked dangerous. Uh, he has been underperforming his stats. You would have expected him to have grabbed a goal by now. But I brought him in this week because I had Pulisic in my team. Obviously, Pulisic got injured in the warm-up, which was very frustrating. And I needed to free up some funds just to... Because I, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to navigate these next few game weeks. So I thought, well, I'll go for Suchek. He is threatening and his stats are decent and it is Fulham. So if, if he's going to get his goal, maybe it's this week. Uh, and and he duly obliged and and saved West Ham at the death. So that's worked out very nicely, and I've got lots of money in the bank with which I can play with. Uh, yeah, very sad to see Fulham actually trying in this match. They created a bit more, but then just chaos at the end. Mitrovic not stepping up and taking responsibility as we would have expected, and Lookman with one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Yeah, really disappointing, uh, particularly as a Mitrovic owner. He's another one, a bit of dead wood in my team that's accrued over recent weeks. It's time for a bit of a clear out, I think. We'll get on to our transfers at the end of the pod. But after the break, we'll be talking about Chelsea, their 4-1 win against Sheffield United. Plenty of Chelsea options now in the FPL market. Crystal Palace also scoring four goals at home to Leeds and a few other games to talk about as well. Some interesting Uh, FPL moves taking place over this international break so we'll be back in a couple of seconds So Tim, I think we'll start the second half of the FPL roundup at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea with four different goal scorers in this one. There just seems to be so many options uh, which Frank Lampard is getting the most out of at the moment So Chelsea have been a very frustrating team so far, but an interesting stat that I saw is that they've scored three goals or more six times this season. So they are, they do have the attack there. It hasn't always gone through Werner. It's it's being spread around and Frank is chopping and changing. And of course, Ziyech has been injured, but suddenly he comes back into the team. And as we thought he might, he's, uh, he's making it, he's made it tick. Yeah. So we've mentioned, uh, the likes of Jack Grealish, Mo Salah being pretty much essential. Hate to use the word, but seems to be the case. And uh, Chelsea-wise, uh, there's one or two Chelsea players who are just nailed on in your team. Uh, would you like to share who you've got and maybe who some other FPL managers should be jumping on before their price jumps too high? Well, if you're a listener, you might remember a number of weeks back where I made a very convoluted speech trying to justify selling Robertson for a hit for Ben Chilwell. And now I feel like a smug genius because here I am with Ben Chilwell. Uh, I brought him in at 5-5. Didn't get that 18-point haul, but, you know, that's uh, no, no one really did. Uh, and, and, yeah, Chilwell, I believe, is 6 million now. Um, so he's my standout defensive pick. I know that Zuma scored goals, but I don't think he can keep that up. So Chilwell, if you haven't got him in, great option to uh, go for. If you've got Trent, maybe um, easy switch. Yeah, it's the time to maybe switch up Liverpool for Chelsea, you think, particularly with Trent's Alexander-Arnold's injury. And how important do you think Ziyech is? Um, now he seems to be back fit and firing. Uh, do you think he's firstly nailed on in that Chelsea team, even when the likes of Pulisic and Havertz come back from their respective injuries and uh, COVID scares and Timo Werner as well performing? I mean, where do you go? Which, which do you, you prioritise? Well, Ziyech is my standout pick. I mean, my very first draft that I posted in pre-season, I had him in my team because I thought he's nailed on. He's a big game player. You know, he's got Champions League experience. So he's he's not a player who succumbs to fear, so to speak. 
uh, and and I thought that he'd make the, the the team tick. And it was interesting that Frank had made comments that he specifically wanted Ziyech to come into the team to help Reese James's attacking potential. So I think that says a lot in terms of Reese James being first choice over Azpilicueta. And and with that in mind, I think that Reese James is a better option than Kurt Zuma if you can't afford Chilwell, or maybe if you're thinking of going for a double up. Okay, that's useful. Um, Sheffield United-wise, though, do you think they're an FPL dud team this season? Obviously, we saw Lundstrom and a couple of other defenders uh, for Sheffield United doing so well last season, but this season it doesn't seem like any options have really emerged. I mean, Rian Brewster signed the 4.5 million striker, but yet to yet to really perform. No, I think Sheffield United are a definite avoid. It's it's sad to see, uh, but they're really struggling so far. I think they're bottom of the table and yeah, no no assets are appealing at all. Okay, let's move on. Crystal Palace 4, Leeds United 1. Plenty of goals flying in the Premier League still this season. Uh, what do you make of this one, Tim? There's been a lot of talk about Wilfred Zaha, whether he is worth, worth the pick. He's been performing well in the last few weeks. Didn't do much last week but he, he got at least an assist in this game yeah I mean as I say I've been critical of Zahar but he still is ticking over but I, I can't see why you'd choose him over Grealish and, and, and Grealish has outdone him in the last few weeks and I think we'll continue to outscore him so I'd, I'd still be avoiding Zahar unless you've somehow got the chance to get both okay uh, Leeds wise Patrick Bamford still scoring goals Somehow, I don't know how he's keeping this run up, but he's proving to be really good value if you've got him in your team. Can he keep it up? Yeah, he absolutely can. I mean, maybe not to this extent. I was I was very critical of him early season, you know, kind of dismissing him as maybe another Temu Puki. But uh, no, he's proving me wrong. And um, as I say, I'd, I'd rank him a close second behind Ollie Watkins for that cheap striker slot. Okay, so we mentioned Zaha and Bamford. Any other options from these teams? Few uh, FPL managers with a couple of Palace defenders in their team maybe a bit frustrated with Mitchell's injury. Might be looking at Van Arnholt, for example. Plenty of other Leeds players as well. They've had pretty strong starts to the season. Yeah, Van Arnholt's always been an interesting FPL option. We've 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 all had him in our team at one point or another, and uh, his price is a bit of a question mark. He's five four, but that's not breaking the bank. And Crystal Palace still do have some decent games ahead. So maybe if you're if you're feeling a bit rogue, you might want to try Van Arnholt. Other than that, I'm not I'm not too convinced in any of their attacking assets. Uh, they did uh, score four goals, but it was from one point three xG. So uh, you know. Low quality chances, great free kick from Eze, but uh, unlikely that they're going to be putting four past many teams. Okay, take that with a pinch of salt then. Palace scoring four goals at Selhurst Park. Um, Nearly matching that scoreline is Manchester United beating Everton by three goals to one. Bruno Fernandes back on the score sheet in some style as well. Two goals and an assist, three bonus. Bruno, back to his best. Yeah, and no penalties this time, so we can't even use that as an excuse. But actually, I do have one excuse, and that was that the second one was a cross that just Rashford missed, and it bamboozled the keeper and snuck in at the far post. But no, Man United are perhaps showing some signs of improvement. Fernandez definitely a compelling option. Uh, I'm very, I was very tempted. I, okay, I confess, I have made some moves already, so I was tempted, and I didn't go for Bruno in the end in my team. But why not? Definitely an argument. We'll, we'll come on to it when I talk about my, my transfers, but definitely an argument. And especially if you want to play the, the fixtures game in the next couple of weeks for captaincy, uh, this week in particular, Bruno at home to West Brom, definitely a, a standout captain pick. 
Okay, and how do you think Bruno fits into our FPL midfields? Because we mentioned so many options, and I mean, we've only got 100 million to spend at the end of the day, Tim. How how does he prioritise over the, the likes of Grealish, Ziyech? Does he does he feature? Because obviously, he's a more expensive option. Yeah, well, I think Bruno is a good Son replacement if you've got one million extra or or however much you need to make that switch. I think that's definitely an upgrade in the coming games. Yeah, Cavani, Rashford and Luke Shaw also getting attacking returns in this one. Now, Shaw appears to be out for up to a month with an injury, so a blow for his owners over the international break. Rashford owners, time to bail. Do you think he's not really living up to his price tag, just getting a few points here and there? It's one of those tricky ones because... If you're comparing them directly, I'd much rather have Bruno for the extra one million. But if you have Rashford in your team, it's very difficult to sell him ahead of good fixtures. You might want to try and try and double up or or make a transfer elsewhere. It's, it's a tricky one. I would probably keep if I had Rashford, although his stats aren't really exciting me. Okay, and Cavani getting his first United goal is he still one to ignore for the time being? I think so. I wouldn't bother. I think there are better striker options, and we still don't know if Cavani's going to get starts. Okay, better striker options such as Dominic Calvert-Lewin getting an assist in this one, not getting a goal, but at least he got some attacking returns, keeping keeping himself ticking over. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't actually seen this, so I can't comment, but I am going to say that it definitely was an assist. <laughs> yeah, of course, we, we take the rough with the smooth, and we certainly take the smooth when it comes around. Uh, Tim, any other Everton players worth talking about for the moment? Luca Dean, for example. Uh, Jordan Pickford back in the starting eleven for this one, but I doubt there's many uh, Everton goalkeeper owners. No, I mean, Dean perhaps another, an, another defensive differential if you're feeling a bit creative. They do have Fulham, Leeds and Burnley in the next three. So there is an argument for Everton players, but I'm quite happy just sticking with Calvert-Lewin and looking elsewhere for, for the rest of my team. OK, and let's go all the way back to Friday. It seems like a while ago now, doesn't it? But a couple of games on Friday night. Southampton 2, Newcastle 0. Uh, Shea Adams with a goal. Uh, what do you make of his good start to the season and you know first pick now with Danny Ings out injured I think full credit to him he's he's really shown that he's he wasn't phased by his poor early performance and, uh, well uh, maybe not performance but just finishing just just not getting the rub of the green he his stats were there from the start and yeah he stepped up to the plate in the absence of Danny Ing so still a very good option I think and very cheap and very low owned um, Southampton have been brilliant actually and it's quite funny how pre-season we were hyping Southampton up we were all right it just took them a few more weeks to get going than we thought so we all sold McCarthy and now he's kept four clean sheets in the last six yeah you mentioned selling McCarthy I can mention selling Vestergaard after he didn't start the first two games and then as soon as he does start straight after I sell him he gets clean sheet after clean sheet I think he's even got a goal as well so frustrating Um, a lot of managers getting Vestergaard in their team because he's the fourth best performing defender out of every every defender in FPL this season just rubbing rubbing it in my face at the moment is Yannick Vestergaard it's really really frustrating Um, Newcastle do you think they were missing Callum Wilson in this game he could be back after the international break yeah he picked up a minor injury didn't he which is unfortunate Uh, but he should be back relatively soon they say it's not as bad as feared Um, but that's a huge loss without without Callum Wilson I think they will struggle for goals they will revert to Newcastle of old yeah Newcastle like we saw much of last season struggling to score with uh, 
Joe Linton leading the line. Um, any other Southampton defenders? Where do they where do they stand when you compare them to other defenders in FPL? The likes of Walker Peters getting three bonus points in this game. He's also been keeping his owners ticking over, staying in a lot of FPL teams at the moment. They, they have got a mixed bag of fixtures, but definitely keep... Uh, it's difficult to bring one in if you haven't got one already just because we've got so many other things that we could be doing with our teams that are perhaps more important. But they do have Wolves and Sheffield United in the next four, uh, which are two games where I'd be thrilled to have a Southampton defender. OK, maybe thrilled to have a Southampton defender. You're certainly thrilled to have a certain Burnley defender at the moment. Uh, Taylor getting you a good amount of points considering his four and a half million price tag got a clean sheet in a nil nil draw at Brighton scooped two bonus points as well along with Pope and Ben Mee uh, Veltman getting three bonus points for Brighton uh, a defensive points fest this game yeah, it was a big. I breathed a big sigh of relief when the when the full time whistle went because uh, Burnley have struggled, really struggled at the beginning of the season, uh, and they've showed signs of being a bit more solid, and and finally got his clean sheet. Uh, this was definitely one that I'd say that was a bit lucky, but in the context of the overall season, I feel like he should have picked up points elsewhere. So actually, it it works out that this is the week that I played him where they have stolen the clean sheet and yeah Charlie Taylor two bonus so uh, um, I'm very happy yeah good bench option do you think or are you going to start him because obviously he came into your first 11 with uh, with Sice not featuring well all of a sudden with Sice out of action and Nathan Mitchell injured for Crystal Palace I have no choice if I don't make any transfers but to play him fortunately they've got Crystal Palace at home this season so he'll definitely be starting this week but I I will have to bolster my defence at some point and yeah Charlie Taylor's probably a good person to sub in when the fixtures are kind but I wouldn't want to be starting him most weeks okay and he's nailed on as well is he as far as I'm aware yes he's he's first choice lovely well it's time to get around to the all-important transfers and You've tended to be quick off the mark, I think it's fair to say, with your transfers so far this season. And I don't think a two-week international break will be stopping you from uh, jumping on any early price rises. No, so the thing is, most people, I would argue, most players will tend to take more hits on the back of bad weeks because we feel like we need to make changes if we haven't scored the points. But this week, I've scored 80, and I feel like, as a little reward for doing quite well, I'm happy to pay a few points and still consider it maybe a 76-point game week, or maybe even 72. Let's see how creative we feel uh, and, and, and reward myself and try and, you know, stay ahead of the curve. And there are lots of things that can be changed at the moment, as I say, because Sice is out of action and there's a bit of a fixture swing with, with Spurs. So my initial thought was that I might do Son to Bruno, but I was really struggling looking at the future weeks in terms of deciding what route I was going to take. Do I get Vardy? What do I do with Jimenez? Uh, what do I do about Chelsea attack? And, and and also, I think that, as mentioned earlier, Liverpool defence will be a very important differential, potentially, from week 12, where Liverpool's fixtures get very good, and I think they will start picking up clean sheets, and we will see those attacking returns. Um, and I would, if Trent is back, I would like to get him in my team, especially if he's fallen to 7-3 at a time when everyone has sold. So trying to find all that money for all those options is very difficult. So in the end, I didn't go for Bruno and I thought I'd be keeping Jimenez for one more week. But actually, I've sold both Son and Jimenez. Okay, and is that for a hit? For a hit. 
for Ziyech and Bamford. Bamford? Well, after all your slating, after all of our slating of him so far this season, his points just proving too irresistible. Yeah, I would have liked to have got Watkins, but also I've, I've got Sushek in my team this week. And I'm very happy to play him. So uh, I didn't want to... Uh, I, I could upgrade Anguissa as well, but it seems pointless when I've got sort of seven decent attacking starters now. Um, I much prefer Bamford to Jimenez. And yeah, they've got a mixed bag of fixtures, but... They do get very good into Christmas, so I feel if I can ride the next few, he'll be a very good option, assuming that Leeds keep playing that proactive style. But I, I don't see that stopping any time because they're just they're playing the way Bielsa wants them to play. And, and, and so, yeah, they've impressed me. I have to eat my words and hope that Bamford can continue to keep on picking up the points. So I have... 8.1 million in the bank wow. which I think is more than I've ever had at any time in FPL but it gives me that flexibility uh, going forward Wow that is some safety net 8.1 million in the bank and probably just shows as well um, how much you've gained from uh, jumping on early price rises so far this season um, we mentioned a mixed bag for Bamford fixtures wise coming up a home game against Arsenal next but we've seen Arsenal go three goals down to Aston Villa so it could be could be a strong one um, in the end for Bamford. Tim, I think it's time I showed you what I'm doing okay. this game week. Bit of bit of yeah. tension over this one, given obviously Sice being out of the picture, Mitrovic not performing, getting a bit frustrated with Bale's lack of minutes and not performing as well. So, firstly, what is the number next to your minus symbol? Okay, you might be <laughs> you might be shocked. It's a minus eight. Wow. Un- that's very unlike you. I'm, I'm usually seeing you save the transfer at a time when I might be taking a hit. Yeah, this is very unlike me. Normally I see an international break and I think this is the time to wait given, you know, injuries, coronavirus at this point in time. You, who who knows what, what the picture is going to look like come two weeks time in terms of red and yellow flags. So I'll tell you what I've done, Tim. Obviously, size out, chill well in. That was a no-brainer. Did that one as soon as I possibly could. Watkins in for Mitrovic, also a no-brainer. And then I decided to take out Alexander-Arnold, probably swayed by his little injury. Looks like he'll be out for a, a couple of weeks at least. Probably miss one or two games after the break. Reese James in for him. Uh, we mentioned Reese James earlier in the pod. Um, you think he's a better option than Zuma, don't you? Yeah, it seems we're on the same wavelength. I'm looking at these transfers and yes, it's a minus eight, but I'm, I'm liking all of these changes. And also Ziyech in for Bale. What do you make of that? I really like it. As I say, I think I think Ziyech is a brilliant player. I'm glad to finally have him in my team as well. Yeah, so overall then, do you think those transfers were worth making for a minus eight? And as well with the international break, we don't know what's going to happen. Do you think that's a risk worth taking? I think it's fine, yeah. I think you had a lot of fires in your team that needed putting out. Obviously, when you get something like a Trent Alexander-Arnold injury, that just it just compounds everything. Uh, and, and you have to try and rescue it at some point. So, yeah, I, I think all of those, if you compare like for like, are, are very positive transfers. And I mentioned Watkins and Grealish earlier that they've got brilliant fixtures so you know that assuming no injuries uh, you, you know you can't legislate for injuries so you have to assume they're going to be fine um, they're, they're just two slots that you don't have to worry about for a while yeah hopefully I won't need to make any more transfers because I've only got um, 11 starting players still my bench is completely dud with Mitchell Dunn and McCarthy and uh, some random uh, substitute goalkeeper in there as well um, so yeah I'm relying on these 11 players to see me through hopefully um, I won't have any red flags come two weeks time um, 
let's just mention captain picks obviously quite early but with so many transfers being made this week which one of your FPL options are you looking at to put the armband on various different fixtures going on as well Villa with a really attractive one but then you've obviously got the the stalwarts like Salah and Kane in there who just keep picking up points yeah this is a really tricky one and I don't want to call it at this point because it could end up on any of my midfielders well bar Sushek I don't think I'll be giving him the armband but there's an argument for Ziyech there's an argument for Salah there's an argument for Grealish it's, it's, it's very tough this week there's even an argument for Calvert-Lewin against Fulham yeah options everywhere could be a, an interesting game week it always is isn't there when uh, when there's so many different captain picks a, a wide array of scores come the end of the game week we certainly need some good ones to go up the rankings right then I think it's time we uh, move on to the FPL slammer so this is the moment of the pod where we decide to, to get a bit of revenge on some of the FPL players who haven't been performing so well for us in recent weeks. And Tim, there's plenty to choose from this week. But I mean, we've already got six players in there, which is, is quite a lot, um, given that we let players out as well if they start performing well. So let's quickly uh, whip through the ones that are in there. Uh, so we've got Deli Ali, Connor Cody, Trent Alexander-Arnold, his Liverpool teammate Andy Robertson, Chris Wood for Burnley, and of course Mitrovic as well put him in last week given his recent blank after blank after blank. Any of those deserve a reprieve, do you think? I don't think so, unfortunately. Uh, Liverpool conceded again, so no points there. Uh, Chris Wood, we, we know he was a dud, and, and yeah, Mitrovic performing similarly. So, I mean, I think they've all got to stay there. Okay, might need to just get my uh, high-vis jacket on and start building some more cells, Tim. We're, we're running out of room in the FPL slammer. So who's it going to be this week in terms of adding more players into the cells? Uh, pretty strong game week for you. So, so which players didn't perform as well as you would have expected? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking at my team and thinking, well, that's, I only had two blanks. I'm not sure I've ever had that before. It's um, a really nice thing to see, but... You can probably tell where I'm going to go with this one. It's got to be none other than the Wolves man, the postman, the one who even <laughs> who even had the title in our in our last pod, Raúl Jiménez, uh, with a heavy heart. You're going in the FPL slammer. Brutal, brutal from FPL Tim putting Raúl Jiménez in there, joining Mitrovic. Oh, such a disappointing uh, forward partnership. He was. That was an integral partnership in my FPL team at the start of the season. Now both in the FPL slammer just shows how things have just gone a little bit wrong um, in the FPL for me so far this season. Uh, Tim, looking at my team, obviously Roman Seiss getting left out. I think it would be a bit harsh to put him in the slammer considering he's not even getting any minutes on the pitch. Uh, Another blank, Kilman. Another blank, Alexander-Arnold, who's already in the slammer. Gareth Bale just getting a three-pointer. Hyunmin Song also with a couple of uh, dud game weeks. Mitrovic is already in the slammer. Oh, there's, there's so many to choose from, Tim. I think this week it's got to be Hyunmin Son. I've captained him two weeks running, Tim. Two weeks he's blanked. It's not good enough for someone who's, what, 9, 10, nearly 10 million. Uh, 9.6, I think, at the moment. It's, it's not good enough and... I think he's he's one who, if I had another transfer that I was going to make this this game week, it would be Son out. 
I have to say that surprised me. You've, you're putting the player in the slammer, who is the second highest point scoring player this season and the highest scoring midfielder. But I can understand it from a captaincy perspective because there is nothing more frustrating in this game than when you get consistent captaincy blanks. So Son, off you go. <laughs> See you later, Sonny boy. And that just about rounds up our podcast for this week, the FBL Roundup. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, do leave us a review. It's good to hear your thoughts. Uh, rate us as well. It might help us climb up whatever rankings there might be. And also subscribe uh, so you don't miss the next episode. And you can follow us on Twitter as well, can't you, Tim? FPL underscore Tim. Yeah, that is you. And for me, it's that FPL Governor. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon. Luke James in for him. You've mentioned... <laughs> Luke James. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm really sure. I'm really like it. <laughs>